right. One, two, three. Okay, it's about the same spot. <laughs> I'm starting the recording early because I like that we're adding like little tidbits of like the behind the scenes into the episodes. Me here and there. too. They're really funny. I think they're really funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought I thought we'd, you know. Now and now you and I are gonna be like looking around being like, oh my god, we have to do something so like candid and 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 endearing. No, I don't think we should even think about that. We should just be ourselves because we come up with funny things just by talking to each other. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, like, no shit. I'm just saying. I mean, like, oh, my God. I'm like, now all cameras on at all times. We're basically the Kardashians, like, of podcasts. <laughs> We're not. I've always said that. I've always said that about us. What's up, hot queens? Did you bring the baby gherkins? <laughs> this is when I really felt like maybe we shouldn't do this podcast. Astronomical. I hate to see it. Wasted potential. Are you drunk? <laughs> I am so drunk right now. Welcome to Bad Author Book Club, where we're not like other authors. We're worse. I'm Clarabelle A. Ortega. Are you sure? Why are you laughing already? I don't know. <laughs> and I'm Ryan LaSala, and we're two authors doing our best, reading the most bizarre fiction we can find. So, before we get started, of course, our usual plugs for ratings, reviews, and socials. Find us on social media, help us boost our podcast to reach even more hot queens. On Twitter, we're Bad Author Pod. Instagram Bad Author Book Club, and you can find all of our episodes on anchor.fm slash Bad Author Book Club or wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Spotify. If you would like to partake in the discussion in the discourse that we have every week, <laughs> all week, about these books, find us on Discord. The link is in our show notes. And recently, I asked our Discord, Clarabelle, uh, right before this, when you were reading what they wanted us to discuss in detail on today's episode. So we've got some listener-generated prompts that we will be digging into at the end of the episode if we don't happen to stumble across them during the episode itself. So if you've got a question, if you want us to talk about something specific, and it doesn't even have to be related to the book that we're talking about, if you want to know our opinions on Cats the Musical, go ahead and ask. Do that on Discord or on social media or whatever you'd like to do. Just don't send letters to our house. Enough! So how's Florida? How? Give me the quick updates and then we'll get started. Oh, it's very hot. Like, very, very hot. Mm-hmm. Like, duh. Yeah. But, like, it's so humid that when you go for walks, as you have to do when mm-hmm. you're in Florida, apparently, because that's what I always do, your hands get slightly Freaks. numb and swollen because of the humidity. Like, oh your you're, like, skin absorbing, like... That's how, I think that's how you become a Florida man. Oh, like like it's like some weird poison dart frog <laughs> yeah. reverse situation where like your skin porously yes. absorbs too much yes. water and water. Yeah. Oh my god. I've seen. Oh, I love that you're going for walks. What is going on down there? I mean, i I go for I go for walks a lot. I don't. I just don't talk about them. I go for walks at home also. <laughs> 
I go for walks a lot. I just don't talk about them. You don't know everything I do. Um. Hi. <laughs> I love that you're like so like surprised that I go for walks and I'm just like. I know you go for walks. I'm saying in Florida, you're making it sound like a Floridian ritual to go for walks. And there's nothing to me about Florida that makes me want to get out and hit the pavement. No, that's because it's a mistake. But I do it all the time. <laughs> um, so th- so I've just been, you know, like getting some sun, mm-hmm. still working a lot, but like also spending time with family. Had another nice. Korean lesson today. I did better than last time, so that's good. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> and just, you know, writing, which leads three. I'm I'm aiming to send a draft to my editor by uh, the 20th of this month. So I'm, like, writing mm-hmm. pretty quickly. But I'm trying not to, like, get caught up in trying to make it perfect and just writing because I'm going to have to revise a lot anyway, so... Yeah, that's yeah. very smart. I'm as someone who is currently in the midst. I think I'm I'm at this point well past the halfway point of Witchlings One right now. I'm having such a fucking blast with this <laughs> book, and I am so excited knowing that there's like so much more ahead of me. Like, yeah. I'm so excited about like all those stuff, and and even noticing things that I know will kind of come up in in like book two. Like they mentioned the games, some of the mm. other like sports and things like that too. Um, oh, I just got to the end of the toad racing scene. How did you like um, it? Well, actually, no. I, I love the I love the toad racing scene. I love that there's a toad. I love that one of the toads that starts out the scene is like uh, is named after me. Yeah, Lasala, um, S- Sparrow. I forget the la- Sparrow Lasala. <laughs> yeah. you're actually a racer. You're not a toad because toads have normal human names. So you were a oh, team sorry. member yes. of, uh, of of a toad, yeah. Um, but yeah. So you're sparrow, uh, sparrow Lasala, I think, or Lis- I don't remember what order it was. I wrote that book like 20 years ago at this point, um, mm-hmm. but I'm mm-hmm. so glad you're reading it. It's like I feel like it fits in with your brain and aesthetic too somehow oh yeah absolutely (laughs) oh my god yeah it's so funny so yeah having a blast um so excited about all that is to come up and uh also the fight with poppy was fucking great i loved that i loved the poppy fight i see so for people who haven't read witchlings it is very sort of like friendship focused but not just like 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 the complications of friendship right and like seven and poppy are best friends at the very beginning of the book but their lives take two very different paths and we sort of like watch the implications of that and Mm -hmm. i always Mm -hmm. hated like growing up like reading like even in like rebel city of indra and model land like girls who are mean and like the nemesis like for the sake of being the nemesis there's there was very little sort of like there's a conflict Mm -hmm. but neither of us are horrible like we might be making mistakes but we still have good things about us it just so happens that like life is complicated and when you're younger you don't know how to deal with those things and like i had a lot of like friendship like drama and breakups and mm-hmm. I just really wanted to write about that honestly and like how hurtful those things can be because they can be so hard to navigate when you're really young and it may I, th- yeah. I think I wanted to sort of use their friendship and sort of like Poppy getting the thing that Seven always wanted 
as yeah. sort of like it's so, it's so smart yeah and good and, oh thank oh, you i love it <laughs> You know how, like, Cindy Lou Who sings in the live-action version, like, Where Are You Christmas? Like, she's like, Where are you Christmas? You know that song? <laughs> yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. With this book, I'm her, same lisp, same hair, but I'm singing, Where are you the plot? <laughs> I know you're hiding. <laughs> because I just don't know. When, when is it? Is it coming? Like, should I... When are we going to start the book? I I feel like it's not coming. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at this point, I've given up all hope, but... We knew that. I mean, I I had so little hope left by the end of Model Land that at this point, I'm just in the delirium of whatever happens after hope. Dread. Well, it's about time because that's where I was from, like, (laughs) the second sentence of Model Land. Like, once I saw Tookie (laughs) on the floor gargling, what was whipped cream? I was like, we're done for. (laughs) Yet here we are, like, hundreds of hours later. For you, (laughs) listeners, for you. Oh my god, did I... I think I skipped this chapter. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. No, 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 I didn't. I, I definitely read it. I just don't remember what happens in it. Um, I, can, I, I, I skimmed it again in preparation for this, so I, I can tell you. Because I highlighted it. My world is changed. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to have to take a new approach for this episode where it's Ryan explaining to me what happens. <laughs> okay. All right. Jesus Christ. Okay. Oh, perfect. Okay. <laughs> Today's episode is Chapter 5, Countdown to Emergence Ball, Six Years, Livia. <laughs> it's just is why bother why is there a countdown everything is layered everything is it can't just be chapter five six years right it has to be like there's just so much going on i don't know i just there are four fonts on one page because all of those headings are in different fonts and there's actual like manuscript (laughs) it's crazy (laughs) jesus christ Uh. so so you uh forgot to reread this chapter. i did i read it i think i read this chapter like so long ago and I, I highlighted it so yeah. I definitely read it um, but I d- do I remember what happened? Not really so this episode is going to be Ryan <laughs> telling me what happened in chapter 5 and me reacting to it <laughs> <laughs> Jesus I think you're I think I mean who can never be sure right because like I sh- I'm sure that you read this and then just suppressed it completely the fact that you have cons- like read at this point an entire additional Livia chapter without even remembering a single detail that happened in the chapter preceding it tells you how absolutely disconnected these experiences are that is one thing like as i was reading today Mm -hmm. what sort of like jumped out to me is that this feels like vignettes like little sort of like moments and because there's so many like sections broken down and like jumping back and forth like things really don't feel connected and like what happened in this chapter that is important i feel like nothing right well in the grand tradition of bad author book club books having really horrific 
classes that like the heroines have to attend this um this chapter actually does require a content warning (laughs) so if you have severe like emetophobia um which is fear of vomiting um (laughs) like i would actually just skip like to the middle of the episode um because there's a scene in the beginning that is pretty gross. It's not too, too bad, but for, I just know a few people do have really severe reactions to even, like, reading scenes where people, like, might throw up. So um, there is some vomit in the upcoming scene, just so you know. So we're in Livia's POV, mm. and she's back at school. I don't know, etiquette school or whatever. Um, she's with the etiquette tutor. Remember her, like, arch nemesis? Yes. Etiquette tutor, mm. who she previously had like humiliated with that really sassy retort right. in class on her first day. I remember day. that. And mm-hmm, the the skills that they're learning right now, they're in like a leisure skills module of like etiquette boot camp. And to be a proper little girl, you have to mag- you have to to master basically enduring the most disagreeable of experiences. Um, and this is something that Livia is like determined to do well at because she wants to be good at everything, right? And so uh, we, you know, cue the Not Like Other Girls song because that's kind of all of her. All of her scenes are basically her like one-upping these like other girls. But what they have to do basically in this scene is... Um, they have to eat a food that they absolutely hate while expressing delight. And because you never know when you'll be out in the world and someone's going to serve you a plate of, like, kidneys, which is the thing that, like, <laughs> Livia needs to eat. What an abusive sort of, like, premise for a lesson. Sort of yeah. like, hey, yeah. this is something that, like, is absolutely, like, like you detest learn how to smile through it and sort of like nod your head and accept it um and i wonder if this i mean maybe it's too much to ask but i wonder if Mm -hmm. this is purposeful in terms of the what do they call marriage again um oh i forget but yeah like a matching a pairing or something like that yeah it's like so clinical how the word that they use i forget but like whatever mm-hmm. person you get paired up with i wonder if this is also mm-hmm. to train you to sort of take whatever that man it def- throws your way definitely it. Mm. right like they're starting with food but and as we'll see like things sort of escalate even in the chapter and it's all basically to reinforce to to women and specifically young girls that their value comes down to their ability to to stay composed and graceful and like weak basically um but as we learn it takes a lot of strength to do what these girls are doing so <laughs> like i don't know how you would do with this but i had a hard time with this so the so the tutor goes the key to expressing delight is simple you must always maintain a smile i'm just gonna read this next part because it's <clears> funny <throat> i heard the gasps before i even lifted the domed lid of my serving oh my god serving serving tray Claudia took etiquette tutor's words to heart. Within moments, she retched violently through a smile. (laughs) This whole scene is these girls at this table smiling at one another, just just, like spewing vomit from like between their teeth out of their nose. Like that's, that's the scene. That's what we get. I think that I see. Okay. So two things. One, I have a really hard time keeping Mm -hmm. my emotions from my face. However, I'm very mm. competitive, and I remember when I was a count, camp counselor in college, um, mm-hmm. and we had to, like, do, like, a fear factor type of challenge, like, uh, one week, and I ate 
was it like horseradish or like something like very sort of mm-hmm. gross and like pungent smelling and i just like swallowed it i was like this is yeah. a, this is a competition i need to win you <laughs> so you you would have like you you would have snatched up that that Let's see, someone's eating, like, pig trotters and stuffed it down. I mean, look, I Fear Factor is a show that I always think I do really well on because I'm good with, like, heights and, like, crawling over things and, like, bugs freak me out but, like, don't cause, like, a compulsive fear in me. But when it comes to, like, eating stuff, I'm similar to, like, those these girls where, like, I would have a lot of trouble with it. But then, eventually, my competitiveness takes over right. and I can just, like, click into, like, all right, like, enough with the histrionics, like, just do it. And I can get it done with. Yeah, I think the problem would be not looking just like I'm going to throw up, right? Like, because, like, I can mm. I can, I can, can do all manner of things in the name of competition. Mm. But, like, I don't know if my face <laughs> will be able to, like, not show it. But, yeah, this is yeah, this is a horrible fair. challenge. I, I'm. Yeah. Didn't we have. It's funny. It's, I mean, it's a little interesting. It's just, it's out of the blue that, like suddenly we are in this chapter where these girls are basically being force-fed like food that by the way doesn't even exist like kidneys or whatever it's like an animal's kidneys like there are no animals so this food can't exist and they they do talk about this there is a note that's like it's all bioengineered in the Skylab. so someone's job in indra is just to create horrific previous delicacies of like the world from before it just feels like cruel for the sake of being cruel and that's why i'm like wondering if there is some sort of like ulterior lesson to be had here just accepting anything and being polite in the face of like any sort of discomfort or horrendous treatment rather than preparing you for actual dinner parties where people will be serving disgusting food right yeah yeah right it's like so beyond the realm of like what could possibly happen to you that it's purely just torture and it's torture for sort of the reader's sake for us to be like wow like this is so hard this is like difficult um but it does it just sort of ebbs into the territory of model land where everything was without any sort of boundary whatsoever right so it felt hyper removed from like like i'm having a hard time like understanding why we're doing this and so therefore i'm like well this is just silly at this point and it is it is very goofy so basically she like she eats the sit she eats the kidney um forces herself not to vomit forces herself to to swallow and the tutors like livia like your countenance should say this kidney is divine more kidney more kidney so these girls are all like (laughs) they're not even having to just eat they're having to like show like rapturous like emotion on their face and if they vomit like Bettina does who was vomiting up pig trotters across the floor they're just served a fresh pair of feet and that's the that's the whole like first introduction to this chapter it's like a small vignette of like just this particular course and then we jump to a new scene yeah it's so horrible and wait a minute didn't we have like a food related weird mm. class in Model Land too? Yeah, right? Yeah. They had to they were like held over troughs of their favorite food and then they had to like eat it as they were like lowered into it and then the troughs spilled over and then they were led into a fucking bathroom that had faucets but the faucets like spewed out like hot cocoa and then they had to like it was a whole th- it was a whole horrific chapter of like food pornography. <sighs> Okay. Yeah, so anyways, onwards. Uh, Livia tells us that 
if it was not for Marius's support, she would not be able to get through any of this. Mm. Marius is, remember, this hor- horrifically disfigured woman, and her, her disfiguration is that she's five foot two. Uh, <laughs> she is, like, the caretaker, I guess, in Livia's life. She's, like, one of them. She's the wife of, like, somebody else, Dr. Suture. I don't even remember. But she's like a, she's, like, a woman who has gone through this, and she provides sort of, like some sort of comfort to Livia mm. or the Livia never even lets on like how bad it really is um, they just basically sort of wryly laugh at the etiquette tutors courses one of the other courses that they had to take where our class was um, the the class and this is in title caps is reliance on others to affirm our femininity uh, in which <laughs> they just have to basically pretend to be indisposed like they've twisted their ankle and they have to wait for however long it takes a man to show up and save them <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I, I would do so well at this. I love nothing more. Oh, me like, too. Because I'm always my... like, I can't open this. I cannot open this, Help me. Yeah. this jar of olives. Meanwhile, I'm in the gym lifting like 180 pounds. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Same. I've I've told you this story, Clarabelle. I forget if I've told it on the podcast, but there's a whole genre of, oh, my God. What just happened? Just fell off the window. Haunted. Girl, are you okay? a story that Clarabelle you know but I forget if I've told this on this podcast um, but there's a whole like class of people that I'm friends with like lifelong friends that know me because of pity because when I was younger I didn't know how to make friends and so I would just like set up during recess and look as like forlorn and pitiful as possible (laughs) until someone eventually came over and like I would be like near tears sitting on like in the shade of a tree and they'd be like are you okay and then I'd be like perfect my plan worked and I'd be like no and I don't even know I would like then invent some lie (laughs) to basically befriend them and eventually this scam turned into me reading this massive tome of a book called The Birthday Book which has a horoscope for every day of the year and it's this massive book and I used to like make friends because I would take this book out during like recess and act like a a, a sham psychic at like a picnic table and people would come over to me for their like fortunes and then everyone suddenly would be grouped around being like read mine read mine Uh, and I carried that book around with me I think I brought it to summer camp one year but I had it in my backpack for like several years of my life do you still do you still have it i still have it oh my gosh the next time you're here we'll take it out yeah absolutely what what are you waiting for <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. and can so, i just say so i would have 100 yeah. percent. like I, I i don't know if i knew about the you acting forlorn part i might have might have the mm. the horoscope part mm. i would have 100 percent fallen for but seeing a sad kid like sitting it, mm. immediately i'm done like what's wrong with you how can i help yeah. Can I feed you? Do you need a sweater? I have to tell my mom about this. Like, just. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. No. Me too. And the, th- the ironic thing is that, like, once I got friends and, like, once I was, like, not popular, but, like, once I felt, like, more secure, anytime I would see anybody sitting alone, I would go, like, befriend them. Or, like, that, like, a lot of my other friends I made because they were, like, the new kid at school and they were, like, they had no one to sit with. So I, like, made them sit with, like, me and my friends, too. Mm-hmm. So. None of this has anything to do with the Rebel City of Indra. <laughs> but their class does involve them basically like being indisposed. And this is important. Livia's task, while other girls have like, uh, they put their arm in like a sling or they have to like prop up their ankle as if they've sprained it. Uh, hers involves being like bound and gagged and shoved in like a dark place to basically simulate, according to Etiquette Tutor, being like f- having fainted. As if that's what being fainted is like, like, but 
but that's, that's that's what she has to do and it's based yeah that's kidnapped not fainted <laughs> yeah right and so and she has to she has to basically because she's claustrophobic i think is what we're learning like she doesn't do well with like dark small places mm-hmm. and that's why i think etiquette Tudor probably specifically chose this as a way to torture her because it's all about torture because, you know, why would anything else in this world happen other than just, you know, for the sake of, like, dramatics? And I should mention, she, Tamarius, never is like, oh my god, it was so scary. She's always like, oh, it was a tad bit frightening. And Marius is always like, keep on shining, girl. Like, they're all just jealous of you. So she's getting that kind of feedback from the women in her life. And then they go on to their next course, which is about maintaining your dignity and etiquette tutor says if you stand with purpose you will not fall and she literally means it literally because they're being put on top of a Mm. rotating pedestal 60 feet in the air just floating 60 feet in the air and there's a cushion to catch them like if they should fall and as it turns out the whole point is that like they just basically have to stay standing on this but they quickly find out via the first girl who gets like sent up there that like it's not as easy as it sounds and even though the platform is like kind of big right like you can like stand comfortably on it uh it spins it spins and bucks about (laughs) this first girl gets like sent up with no warning and then immediately gets like whipped off of this platform and falls 60 feet and is caught and like survives uh, but I'm like, that's tough. Like to be the first one to go and you have no idea what's going to happen. I, I highlighted something here from when I actually read this chapter and it, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a chance for, who is this bitch? Livia? Um, it's a, it's a chance for Livia <laughs> yeah. to show once again that she's not yeah. like other girls. Um, she, she says, while the other girls spent their childhoods avoiding stained frocks, I'd grown up racing through gardens and riding beta and scaling some trees that towered higher than that platform. And I'm just like... Cool alert. Cool girl alert. Yeah, like, it just... And it also is... I know that she, like, does these things, even though she's not supposed to do these things. But, like, mm-hmm. it's so contradictory because it's, like, her whole life is supposedly, like, so super structured and, like people are watching her all the time and yet she was able to have this like different childhood somehow which I guess makes sense because she was like doing her own thing and getting away from everyone but it just makes all the Mm -hmm. adults around her seem so super incompetent because there's like 10 of Mm -hmm. them versus like one little kid (laughs) and she Mm -hmm. keeps being able to like evade them and escape on her real horse mother (laughs) (laughs) also there was there was an in the sky challenge in model land too the whole like photo challenge at the end where she like fights bravo remember and they also was like a platform what is it with these things having like similar challenges and like chapters and scenes i'm wondering if they do you think that they read Model Land in preparation to write this book? Because someone must have done research on, like, my research wouldn't have turned up. I'm looking at Model Land right now. Um, as if, actually, I should say, Model Land is looking at me. Uh, <laughs> because I'm like, if you did research on, like, how to write a successful celebrity, like, dystopian book, Model Land wouldn't come up in those search right. results. What, what I think is more likely is that just like when new authors, sort of new writers, write, um, similar like yeah. first chapters of like their character waking up or looking at themselves in the mirror I think maybe <laughs> yeah. the instinct to put someone high up in the air 
is as a challenge is maybe something that is in that category of sort of like a cliche Maybe mm-hmm. there's some sort of dystopian book or movie that does this too that's very famous. I don't know because I don't really, on aside from like the Hunger Games, I, I don't really know much about that genre. Um, but it just seems sort of like, I'm, I'm expecting another challenge to be underwater basically. Like very Super Mario of them. Let's cover all the bases. We have to mm-hmm. do something with food. We have to do something high in the air. Just like basic human fears, I guess. And they're playing yeah. on those. Yeah. Mm. It is a, yeah, it's someone being like, oh, what are the fears? And then not coming up with much mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like what actually like threatens a person, like what's scary. Um, I'm still caught on the fact that they had to force feed themselves food that none of them would even know to have an aversion to because the foods don't even exist in the first place. Like someone is like terrorized by like a banana souffle for example and like how would they know that 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 is or to be scared of it who knows i guess it just looks weird or different than one they're used to that's what i'm assuming but i don't think they put that much thought into it like they didn't think beyond step one you know for any dystopian writers out there like or even like utopian writers or second world fantasy like pay close attention to when all of the like unspoken mores of your world are completely informed by our world so for instance here we have a a girl who has never fucking seen the food kidney before describing it as the most disgusting thing that she's ever seen in the world but it couldn't be because she doesn't know about it right but that's like a that's someone from our world would have that impression mm-hmm. but from this world like you're like let's say here's a really good example i'm gonna cop on myself um actually no 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 so like if i were to write this for example i would say that in a world where the food is all like really like prepackaged sort of like synthesized like goos and cubes and powders that you mix into things like they're getting all their nutrients but like food is not necessarily an extravagant experience there um i would make the most disgusting thing something like delicious to us right like i would give this girl like the i would give her like a roast chicken or something like that something that we wouldn't even bat an eyelash at because it's a really common food but if you think about this person who mostly just like eats their food via like pills and capsules the idea of having to rip into the roast roasted flesh of like an animal where there's like bones and joints and all of this horrific stuff like you could make a really horrific moment out of that while demonstrating the fact that their world is so different and it's all in the same vocabulary of words that we have available to us but it's inverted in a really clever way so where is my pulitzer i love that i love that i mean yeah even like a fish like have them staring at Mm -hmm. them as they're trying to like eat it you know a whole brand you know yeah. I love Branzino. Like, it takes so long to make, but it's just so worth it. Every time yeah. it's just salty. Mm-hmm. That's actually my worst nightmare. And you're, it is worth it, but, like, someone needs to be there deboning it, like, with me or for me, or else I won't, like, touch it. Like, the work of having to do that myself puts puts me right past hunger. <laughs> That's fair. Right past it. That's totally fair. Yeah. Um, okay, so they're spinning yeah. and slipping and sliding on this thing. <laughs> yeah, they're slipping, they're sliding, they're spinning. Yep. They're up there. Well, what and else happens, Ryan? <laughs> oh, yeah, I was just saying, you don't know. Oh, my God. Okay, so, so they're spinning. Uh, so then it's, God damn it, it's, it's Micah's turn. So each girl sort of, like, falls off, but then it comes to 
Micah, who is our is our Pesa in Livia's POV. Mm-hmm. She's like the like the the popular girl who's our our big competition basically, and. Uh, and Micah goes up on the platform, gives a tiny little sigh, like she's not at all worried about this. And she looks good. She looks regal. And then it starts spinning and she just falls off right away. Right away. Immediate, immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Head, immediately. And in my head, I'm like, smart girl. Like, the whole challenge is about showing poise. Like, if you know that you're going to fall anyways, like, don't lose your shit and, like, you know, like, vomit like a goddamn sprinkler right while falling just fall like i would just fall um but apparently this is a huge failing like michael wanted to do well and livia like soaks in like revels in her failure and there's a really interesting line that i want to point out i could sense her utter humiliation even more her power and fury and like i love that i'm so interested in micah in this girl who like thought she was going to do well who feels like humiliated by this like and but like you know there's a power to her at the same time i'm like just kiss already like what's her story why does she hate her for no reason i think it's really annoying i i only highlighted one thing on this page which was the part Mm -hmm. that says a dainty smile played on her bottom lip how do you smile only with (laughs) one lip wait a dainty wait a dainty smile played on her bottom yeah wait that's not dainty what was that not dainty i don't know what it is but that confused me oh my god i i didn't even notice that thank you for that you're welcome next up is livia livia goes up and she is encouraging herself internally Mm. saying stuff like don't look down don't think of their faces 60 feet below. You won't find compassion or support there. Imagine your legs are heavy, are heavy as stone beneath you. There's a word missing. Um, nimble Livia, steady Livia. She's spinning, whirling rapid circles. Um, she, then it decreases in speed, but then it goes even faster. And she's like, she's like, stay put. Think of like, I don't know, think of good things. Um, she instead actually thinks of etiquette tutor sort of, uh, ridiculing her saying imbecile Livia you are utterly hopeless ridiculous uh, and then she starts to think about who etiquette tutor actually is this is all happening while she's spinning around mm-hmm. by the way she's having like an internal revelation uh, and she's like who's etiquette tutor really a very tall woman with sharp cheekbones and an unpleasant disposition who had never been celebrated at an emergence ball and never cohabitated that's the oh word yeah that's marriage. the word mm. Yeah, she led not by example. Focus, Livia. Uh, and so she basically, like, in her mind is discrediting etiquette tutor's ability to teach them the lessons that etiquette tutor says that they'll need to be proper young girls because etiquette tutor is old and big and horrible. Finally, like, for whatever reason, this meditation works and Livia never falls off the platform. She never she outlasts etiquette tutor's ability to like push a switch and somehow like wins in this uh, like battle of wills yeah um i am just so sick of this girl being good at everything like (laughs) there is it's just very annoying but (laughs) (laughs) section break there's a section break yeah there's a section break so she comes down and she's like how long had i even been up there and etiquette tutor like everyone turns to the etiquette tutor to like see what she's gonna do mm. 
right? Like, how is she going to handle this, like, you know, being bested, basically, by a student? She just says, let us move on to pleasant interaction. That's one of their courses. And then Livia looks at Micah, and she senses everything. Um, The feelings were far from proper emanating off of Micah. And the line is, in that moment, she chose to despise me. Uh, And this is, I think, going to be the, like, linchpin of their rivalry, because remember they had been sort of friendly and Livia had been like an enabler of Micah's Mm. but now Livia has one-upped Micah in a really significant way and of course this is going to be the whole reason that Micah's going to become like monstrous towards her she had already decided to not like her before this though to be honest with you and so like this just feels like another sort of excuse to make Micah horrible I'm so sick of this dynamic of this, like, hating someone just for the purpose, just because they're better than the you at something. Thing. Right. Yeah. There can never be, like, a healthy competition yeah. between people. I think mm-hmm. it would be just so much more interesting if Micah was competitive, but not hateful. I think so, too. I totally think so, too. And she could still and betray her. Yeah. Like, she could still yeah. betray oh, yeah. her or add to the plot, but just for the sake of winning. Like, not, it's not personal, basically, mm-hmm. you know? And Mark my words, there is a betrayal coming. The last line of this chapter is, and in that way, my fate was sealed. Like, after Micah gives her, like, the death glare. So there will be something that happens, like, between them, and it's going to be it's gonna be betrayal-based. And I guess it, like, starts here. But you're so right. Like, a lot of these things precede this particular moment, but all of it feels really sort of lightweight in terms of, like, the reality yeah. between these two girls. And... I want to get into the jealousy thing, but I want to save it for my thorn. Okay. Well, that's the end of the chapter. (laughs) 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 Oh, okay. So So, Rose and a thorn. Rose and a thorn. This is going to be hard for me because, I mean, mm -hmm. the entire chapter is a thorn. I do. Okay. I'm going to say for my Rose, I do like Livia's internal monologue and the reason why she sort of like gets past her fear. I really love the idea of her being like, wait a minute, why am I scared of this bitch? Like, she isn't actually anything. Um, She's a flop. She is a floptina, a flopulera. So, like, why am I afraid of her? And I liked that. I liked that being, like, the fuel that made her sort of, like, be able to overcome the challenge. Um, I thought that was really good. Um, And for the thorn, I mean... This might be like the same one as you, but I I continue Mm -hmm. to hate the girls being pitted against each other. It's obviously not going Mm -hmm. to end. Um, And it's happening in like not just this. Does it Lex also have? Yeah, it's happening in both of Mm -hmm. their POVs and it's happened in both books that we've read so far. It's sort of like a a trope of the bad book having a female villain just for the sake of having her hate the other girl right right and you know that the introduction of a love interest is going to make all of this infinitely worse oh 100 percent. so my thorn is the jealousy because i think that there's a missed opportunity when you don't dig into why jealousy exists why we envy what someone else has yeah. and you and i are big fans of contrapoints everyone should go watch the envy video that oh so good out that i think is like therapy for my brain but like i'll say that in application to the story like there's got to be some sort of like loss associated with 
what someone else is gaining in order for there to be sort of like a rational jealousy and not all jealousy is rational but like how much more interesting would it be if we saw something punitive happening to the other girls as like Livia is gaining traction as her rank is rising Mm -hmm. and that could give something really interesting to the fact that there's this dynamic where like if someone does better than you it takes away something from you. Oh, yeah. And I think the the idea is that eventually come the emergence ball, like Livia will outperform them and get a better mate for like cohabitating. But the fact of the matter is, as a main character, we know that she's going to fucking do that anyways, right? Because yep. that's where her story has to go. There has to be some other economy taking place on a day-to-day basis that pits these girls against one another or el- or else it is just like rot jealousy like without any sort of complications and that's just boring unfortunately the sin of this book is that it just is boring uh when there's no real like you know countermeasures or sacrifices that have to like take place for these characters they're just sort of slowly going through this and again the plot hasn't fucking started yeah so why we care about any of this like we don't know what the we don't know what the risks are to not being a proper young woman like we've been told that like you know, you could bottom out or things like that, but we we don't actually know what becomes of people or any of that stuff too. So it just sort of feels like no matter what these girls do, they're gonna make it to the emergence ball. They're gonna make it to the other thing that happens with the other one. It's probably like her emergence ball, which is called the simulator. We'll get to that next, but like, it just doesn't feel worthwhile or real. Yeah. So I don't know how I got here from talking about jealousy, but that's that's my thorn. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. That it, it's very interesting. And also, before you get to your rose, I just want to say it's almost like yeah. it is inconsequential, like all of the sort of things that happen to, with your fellow classmates. Because as long as you mm-hmm. do well, like that's all that matters. Unless the men who are your cohabitation, like potential partners are somehow getting a record of how you did in school or watching which we don't know that they did so like why does it matter as long as she does her best like it's not like Livia doing well takes away from the fact that Micah absolutely fucking flopped she still flopped (laughs) like so she needs to still do well regardless right and she's focusing on the wrong thing and like I think that can be sort of like that's that is obviously we've seen it happen in publishing that is how some people Mm -hmm. think that they can succeed by bringing others down but that needs to be like made more clear because right now all we see is like her hating her because she's doing well not because she thinks it's going to affect her in any way yes yeah i mean it'd be different if this was like countdown to the kidney eating contest ball where like this is actually going to come in handy but like it's not I mean, maybe it will. I guess there's a there's a lot of book left to go, but I cannot imagine any of this stuff actually will come up. It's just sort of window dressings for a window that is ultimately looking at fucking nothing so far. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> my rose is that uh, is the line where a girl <laughs> retches violently through a smile. <laughs> I think that is so funny and i think that is just such a good visual and so like visceral and i can see it so clearly that i i actually really i actually really liked it that was a that was the high point of this chapter for me (laughs) so listen y'all uh we're gonna get to a listener question in a second before we do a quick reminder to like us wherever you listen to us review us 
share the podcast with your friends and your foes, and we will all become better writers out of the experience, or at least more entertained readers. And of course, you should go and find us on social media. Uh, we are on Twitter at Bad Author Pod. For now, who knows what's happening to Twitter? Oh, God. Uh, and Instagram at Bad Author Book Club. Uh, and we'll share our own socials now, too. Uh, Ryan, that's me. You can find me at Insta, Twitter, and TikTok at The Ryan LaSala. And Clarabelle, if you want to follow me, why am I talking as if I'm talking to myself? Hey, Clarabelle, how are you doing today? And if you want to follow me, Clarabelle, I'm at Clarabelle underscore Ortega on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And I'm Clarabelle Ortega on Blue Sky Social. If you're on that one. God damn it. Anyways, we have a listener question submitted by Aline from Discord. And Aline asks... I feel like with Model Land, you two left out a lot of details to protect us, as you should have, honestly. (laughs) Is that the same here, or is there not just not as much going on? I don't think I don't think there's as much going on in this book, but I do think that we also are leaving stuff out, both because it's impossible for us to sort of like talk about everything, um, and because a lot of the things are like inconsequential they don't matter it's not that they're stupid and we don't want to talk about them it's just like they're not going to make a difference in your understanding of the story um and they're just sort of like put there as like window dressing like you said before um one thing i've really noticed about this book is it's it's a lot of like visual based writing not for the sake of Mm -hmm. immersing the reader but for the sake of like looking cool in the moment and like like the the jumping off the horse and slashing the apple moment that happened it was a completely pointless except to have that like moment of like letting the character look and feel cool and it's very much how like you write when you're 12 which is fine when you're 12 and that's all (laughs) i feel i'll say on that (laughs) the other thing about the details of this book is because the pov of each girl is is toggling between time periods like it's hard to linearly recap what's going on in a Mm -hmm. scene because the scenes don't necessarily happen in a linear fashion like the events happen in a linear fashion but like even in this scene like we're toggling back and forth between like Marius flashbacks and then suddenly we're back in Livia's head and then she's thinking about something that happened like a week ago and it sort of zips around yeah. in a way that's a little confusing to to recap so if you ever hear us like buff- buffering it's because like there's like four different like timelines happening at once and this is what you get when your whole book is retrospect it's someone it's some adult somewhere thinking back on this time and understanding how a specific moment is a combination of many moments sort of stacked and layered amongst one one another it's very sort of like memoir yeah like i couldn't have known back then that this would have meant that but if i thought about it there was resonance between this thing that was happening to me when i was 12 and this thing that happened to me when i was like seventh and of course like the you know the the specific shade that was on my nursery walls like that's how the book reads so if we're leaving out details it's usually because like we're just trying to kind of consolidate into an easy way to explain what's going on yeah and i think we do a pretty good job of sort of cherry picking because we have to the things that sort of matter to convey the book not just the plot but like what it's like to read it but there's definitely a few things that we're leaving out here and there too so i'd be curious for those of us or those that are that are reading along at home like 
what's your take on this? Like, are we uh, are we delivering on an accurate representation of what this book is like to read? So let us know in the comments. Yeah, I, I also think part of it is like, I don't know about you, but I do get a little bit confused because the characters are, the two main characters are so um, unimpressive and sort of like, not unimpressive, what's the <laughs> word? Like, they're so... Um, like indistinguishable they're indistinguishable absolutely like they don't really have much personality like individually so like the chapters and like Mm -hmm. what's happening to them sort of bleeds into each other a little bit like i find myself like kind of confused like wait a minute did this happen to this girl or to this girl like i think the only Mm -hmm. thing that sort of like helps me set them apart is more so their setting than them themselves like one one of them is like in a cave like dirty place and the other one's like with an etiquette tutor right like it's like supposed to be complete different worlds but these girls feel like the same person to me and both of those people are bland and don't have personalities so i think it can be hard to sort of convey everything that's happening also because like it just everything feels very muddled to me yeah i would love okay actually i have a theory but i'm not gonna say it oh Okay, we're going to hold on to that one. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Write it down. Well, Let's have anyhow, a theory episode. I will. Yes, a theory. Of, oh, we should. Yeah, page 100, we should have our, our theory episode. All right. But, Aline, thank you so much for the question. And thank you, everyone else, who submitted stuff. We will get to all of them eventually. But for now, we hope that you enjoyed this lovely episode of the story of Lex and Livia Rebel <laughs> City of Indra by Kendall and Kylie Jenner. Jenner. Oh, goodbye. (laughs) God, we love you. Bye, hot queens.